0: Welcome, everybody, to the That Counting Podcast. I am CJ Mellon. I am Brian Thornton. And I am Josh Burns. Welcome to our show. You guys ready?
1: I'm almost done eating, so sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, All I have left after this is shrimp fried rice, uh, beef sticks, <laughs> and fortune cookies.
0: <laughs> Before we got started to record, Brian was like, Oh, hold on, I have Chinese food that just got delivered. Give me a moment. And I've been having technical difficulties actually just getting my Wi Fi to connect and, and getting our, our recording all situated. And in the meantime, Brian has just been enjoying his dinner. I have uh, a whole on bag of a, on a, I have a bag
1: of fried wontons and all you have to listen to the bag crinkle and me crunch the wontons <laughs> throughout the entire show. Uh, even right that's now. Brian,
2: that's Brian's doing. Even right now he's still eating. I was told not to mute my mic anymore. So whatever. <laughs>
1: That's I, did, I Yo, didn't dude, say you need like you need to take your lunch break at work. You need, you need to get some. You know what I mean? Like waiting until 10 o'clock at night and going, yeah, all this MSG seems like a good idea. I don't know. I don't see how it could go wrong. He doesn't have plants tomorrow.
0: He's not doing anything productive.
1: Listen, you to counteract that you should probably go buy like a case of uh, Pedialyte or something and just get some fluids, get some electrolytes back in you. <laughs> Well, hang on. Let me get the fortune cookie here. <laughs> yeah, at this point,
2: everybody needs to know what. Just let's fortune go, is. yeah. What I I need to know what the fortune is. That's really what it comes down to. It's not really a fortune, lotto or not. That is the question. What? That's what? the fortune.
1: That's not a. <laughs> that's not a fortune. It's it's suggesting you gamble. Proceed, CJ. I'm sorry, I'm just
0: let down by that quote unquote fort. Yeah, kind of that was cookie. that was awful.
1: What the hell is that bullshit? It's no some dumb goy. That's what I'm saying. You guys don't get the reference, and I don't care. Alright. It's from the last it's from The Last Dragon. Go watch it.
0: So I was just about to say before we so hello, listeners.
1: Oh, no, it's we're, no, we're past that point. The inter- I know. They oh, get it, they know what they
0: They know what they're hearing. Alright. The internet was very unkind to us. We were looking for. We usually kind of troll the internet and we kind of see what's been happening around, uh, you know, the the web and seeing if there's anything great to spark a conversation. And um, unless you've pre-ordered an iPhone or are having issues with iOS nine, there's really nothing happening online right now. I got a and second I, fortune. You got a second fortune cookie? <laughs> yeah. I don't Is know it going to be
1: this podcast will get better as it goes on? I'm afraid we're peaking now, actually. <laughs> CJ
2: is a douche That's really weird how they know that No, that's that's what it's supposed to say in Chinese right? Oh, oh, okay So that's CJ is a douche in Chinese You're welcome That's right, it's going to be edited out That's not a problem <laughs> What's the fortune? I just oh, you, want to know. What the you fortune want to know the actual fortune? Okay. I want to know the a, actual fortune uh, Never compare yourself to the best others can do But the, to the best you can do that's pretty it's apt the, for this episode. It's the participa- participation badge of fortunes. <laughs> at least that one like not matter message. if others are better. <laughs> right.
1: You suck not as much as anybody else. Hey,
0: you. You just keep doing you. I mean, it's awful. It's terrible. You should really get better at your life. But you, <laughs> you keep doing you. Alright, so right, I'm sorry. The, the, Proceed. The internet was unkind, and, and and we don't have a lot of stories to tell. And I know there's someone in their car going, oh, What about this? Well, I'm sorry we missed it, okay? And we record on a Friday, and Doctor Who doesn't happen until Saturday. Brian's not even caught up, so, you know, just apologies around for for that part. So we figured... Uh, Since the topics were on the light side, we would kind of not so much peek the curtain, but kind of talk about ourselves. And now I hear all the people turning off. Um, We kind of want to give you a little background as to who we are and and our nerdy experiences. And what we're really hoping to do is after maybe we share our life experience, we like to hear yours and share some of our, our common interests and shared events or just things that maybe can connect us because as we kind of talked about our definition of a nerd isn't revolving around technology it's not revolving around comics it's just someone who has a passion about something who wants to know everything about a subject and just share it with the world so i don't care if you're into sports or you're into automobiles or if you're into computers if you're into crocheting um you know a, a nerd can be anybody and have a passion about anything so hopefully we can kind of you know, just connect that way and, and hopefully we can have a nice shared experience with uh with you, the listener. Yeah, you. Uh so you know, I thought we hit some of the, the classics and, and kinda talk about our nerd life growing up and and that. And I, I really want to kind of start with when did you guys become kind of self aware that you were a nerd?
1: Um Self aware. I, I mean, I guess, you know, or young, probably like Eight or nine. I mean, I was more interested in um, video games and uh, collecting baseball cards and things like that than a lot of other kids. I mean, I was still playing sports, but after all the sports, I would then still play video games for three hours. You know what I mean? Right. So I guess then it was I noticed that other kids weren't doing the same stuff.
0: What about you, Brian? When were you kind of nerd aware? When when were you self-aware of that?
2: Um well I mean I've been a nerd out of the womb um but I mean the moment I was self aware of it was probably when I was 7 and I I shared that story about my first comic book and it's really the first memory I have of of being a nerd I was in school for a year at that point and after getting picked last for dodgeball about 16,000 times I figured you know this this is you know the path that I'm going to take so
0: See, for for me, it was probably, like, the second or third grade. I remember bonding with my friend Rob over Goosebumps and, like, getting really excited
2: about, like, Say Cheese or Die or a couple other stories. Night of the Living Dummy. Uh, Right. That was my Um, favorite. Or the Choose Your Own Adventure Goosebumps. Those were awesome, too.
0: Right, and, and, like, I would get overly excited about those things, and so would my friend Rob. And then when, like, you talk to anybody else that was in our class or in school, they're just like, like I like Goosebumps, but I'm I don't give a shit like you do, and that's when I'm like, oh, well, okay, that's odd, that's different, and you know, I and then and then that like flashback comes, the the, the quote unquote life flashes before your eyes, and you're like, oh, got it, okay, that makes sense, everything kind of gels at that point. You uh, get,
2: you looking forward to the Goosebumps movie.
0: Uh, you know what I am? I I think it's I think it's actually going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I'll maybe grab my my good friend Rob and go see it and go down Nostalgia Lane together. So, I mean, that was the moment where I was self-aware. And then you re- look back and you realize, oh, it's probably been my entire life. Uh, so when we're looking at the nerdy life, there's a lot of other things that are, are kind of into it. And I know music kind of plays into that, that spectrum and that realm. So what were your, like, your first albums? What was the first like band that you listened to? or What was the first
1: thing that meant something to you when you had music in your life? <laughs> um, the first tapes... Tapes. The first tapes that I owned—that's <laughs> why I said albums—just
0: um, to be on the safe side.
1: Yeah, that. yeah. The first tapes that I owned were um, "Appetite for Destruction" by Guns N' Roses and "Open Up and Say Ah" by Poison. However, um, the first time that I was really—I found myself really obsessed with uh, with music—was in the very early '90s when the Judgment Night soundtrack came out, and it was this perfect blend of of hip hop and metal. Um, and I completely lost my shit and I just started looking for other things like it, listening to all the bands on that record and uh, all the hip hop artists on that record. And I, I dug deep and tried to try to find I tried to like, look for underground indie stuff, bootlegs, anything that combined metal and hip hop. That was the first time really that music opened up for me. And then again, a, a year later, two years later with Pink Floyd.
0: Now I know because we grew up in the same kind of area and and you know I know some of the people that you knew growing up. That wasn't a genre that everyone just bought into there.
1: That was So no no no. So what's 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 weird about it is I you know until I was 11 we lived on one side of Reading. We lived on the east side of Reading in Mount Penn on the suburbs and sort of everybody was into metal, right? Like I said Appetite for Destruction, open up and say ah and those are Poison was a hair band and, and, and G and R was more metal, but, um, you know, my older cousins would play metal for me and stuff like that. But then you moved, I moved out to the West side of town and things were a little bit different, uh, again, suburbs, uh, but like, you know, like gangster rap was, was breaking and, and the chronic came out in 92 and things like that. So this, it, it kind of made sense for these two fringe genres to, um, to they work together. together and, push, to, yeah. and, and it started It started actually before the Judgment Night soundtrack with Public Enemy and Anthrax. And I mean, the first time you hear it, you need more. And then when you hear the Judgment Night soundtrack, if you like hip-hop at all, and you like alternative rock, hard rock at all, you will fall in love with this record. And it's still good. See, this is... So literally
0: just calling back to what we just said, the, the ways that we kind of fall in love with things. I don't... I, I don't have a, a big attachment like you just explained the music to you. That's why I always found it funny with every new streaming music service that music service that comes out, or anytime there's a music related, you know, topic, you're just jumping on it. It's it's your thing.
1: Uh, it's a different way or a new way to experience or consume it. Look, and and it wasn't just those times. It's it's happened every time I I discover a new genre, a new band. Um, I just automatically consume everything they've done. I started listening mm-hmm. to Weezer when the Blue album came out in in ninety uh, four, and, and I, I I never stopped. I I I tripped on onto Brand New too late, like right. five years too late. And since then, I've just listened to everything they've ever recorded. What about you, Brian? You kind of
0: grew in a household that had an eclectic taste in music. What were your first like albums or first memories of music? Um.
2: First, first. I mean, I. I well, that up...
0: mattered to you. The the stuff that
2: mattered.
1: Oh yeah, you didn't ask memories because that's different. Well, right, right, right. right, right.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, well, we'll I, I'm back. not as ingrained in music as as per se Josh is. Uh, my my father and my brother are huge uh, musicians and uh, were the guys who you know one day said I'm going to learn how to play guitar and picked up a guitar and like three months later they could play and you know um, so I grew up around music a lot and I grew up in in a Beatles home. Beatlemania everywhere. And, uh, I, I mean, I distinctly remember listening to, uh, the Revolver al- album for like, you know, when I was pretty young. Um, so, I mean, that always is connected to me uh, as far as music goes. I love the Beatles and not just, you know, for what they did for music, but, you know, for the, the nostalgia sake that I feel, you know, when I listen to them, um, other than that, my first album that I purchased by myself was The Offspring, uh, Splinter. Nice. So when I was like fifteen, learning how to drive, I put it into my disc man and and just went. Uh, and I love The Offspring. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably my my the most connection I've had to music in a long time.
0: My my thing and my feeling about music is it 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 is such an emotional thing. it, it yep. it's such a different medium than than print or anything like that because it makes you feel things and and it's really powerful. And I noticed just through conversation and through life observation that the music that you fall into in high school becomes like the, a huge driving force in your life. And it can sometimes change. It's not always the, the entire thing, but it really kind of informs a lot of decisions as to who you are and some of the attitudes that you have and some of the people that you fall into. And the first albums that I remember, like, jumping on board if and I'm not ashamed of this at all because I still love it. Girls. Unders- uh, no, I went out and I bought Creed with <laughs> right uh, My Own Prison. Sorry, my My Own Prison as like one of my first albums. Under the sunlight. And I don't give a shit about the ridicule. I Welcome it.
2: to this place. I'll show you everything
1: Sorry. Oh my god. And you know what? I so is what uh, I yeah. think of when I hear now, Creed.
0: Now listen, I, I know any, of, any friend of mine who has listened to this is, is gonna say, yeah, you liked Creed, but Jesus Christ, did you fall down the Coldplay rabbit hole? And absolutely I did. It was Creed and Coldplay through high school. Never driving my
1: I I disqualify you as down the Coldplay rabbit hole because you think X and Y is great oh and the speed God. of sound is the best song on the record and it's and neither one of those.
0: Things no, is the true. speed of sound is a great song on the record. I think it, the most underappreciated song on X and Y is Talk. I I don't think anyone gives that song any credit. Uh, I, <sighs> see, here's the thing. Remember, we talked about music is a powerful emotional thing, and this can go into memories. So we can we can jump into that part. For me, X and Y is an important album because I was taking a uh, a trip uh, by myself from uh, Pennsylvania to Colorado. And it was, okay, go do your thing, do what you got to do. And it was navigate the airports, You know, make sure that you get to every flight on time, and we're just going to drop you off and let you go. And I borrowed my friend's iPod Mini and loaded it with as much songs as it could possibly hold onto it. And X and Y was one of the albums that I just would listen to on the plane that just relaxed me and you got to see like the landscapes and everything changing and and just i had a really amazing time listening to that record
1: that's cool i'm it i got i have respect for that that experience it's uh melancholy and the infinite sadness is that for me so i get it
0: what about you brian did you have an emotional attachment to a band or a song no
2: not that i could think of Really? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I I love music, and I'm into it, and I listen to it. Um, I mean, honestly, the, the most emotional attachment I have is, is probably listening to The Offspring with my brother and my friend uh, and hitting a deer on the back roads of the Lehigh Valley. But other than that, I, I don't equate. I'm more of the guy who, who measures his life by what movies were out that year, not what music I was listening to
1: okay fair all
2: right fair all right so
0: yeah. that kind of ties into the the next thing i want to talk about and that's your your movie your first movie experience the the movie experience that stands out to you in your life
1: what are you shaking uh, your head at i'm i actually the problem is i i posed i posed the question to you earlier today and then i thought i i hey i wonder what my first movie oh i that. how could i ever forget that was a basic um, instinct no my (laughs) first the first movie that i recall watching
0: right that's the one i
1: want to know um and i'll never forget it as long as i live i i don't know why my parents didn't censor me more but they didn't (laughs) and i i was up late one night in the living room with them they were watching whatever i mean back then it was you know something like in 1985 86 hbo was on and Whatever. Uh, it, the first movie that I can recall watching is The Exorcist. Oh and, God! Jesus. Uh, and I was terrified. I went to bed, and I had one of those beds <laughs> with like the the big headboard above it where oh, you could Jesus. like it had like compartments in it.
0: Oh God! And I
1: actually I pushed the mattress out away from the headboard. <laughs> I got behind the headboard and under the bed so that I could see out, and I pulled the mattress back, basically building a fort around myself. Uh, and that's where I slept. I was, and I'm like, I'm, I'm first, I'm in first grade, right? Catholic school. I'm just behind my bed, praying myself to sleep. (laughs) Terrified. And it's still, I still have the same feeling of dread. That's so Um, evil. And that's my first, that's my first memory of movies right there. Hence why you have no
0: regard for the movie going experience <laughs> uh, is that why it's the exorcist yeah role? your first movie that you ever remember was this terrible thing that made you Dude, scared I,
1: I have watched that movie since and every single time i'm gonna pee my pants i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm terrified watching it
0: so brian you measure your life in movies what <laughs> what's the uh what's the first thing what's the 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 movie magic
2: like? um i i have a whole bunch of memories uh, of me and i don't honestly don't remember which one came first I have a, a memory of me being at least five or six and my dad uh, shoving me in front of a TV and watching the original Star Wars trilogy on VHS. Um, and then there, I, I remember distinctly when Terminator 2 was coming out in theaters, my dad saying to me, well, we got to watch the first one before we see the second one. And I remember watching the first Terminator in his room uh, like the night before or the day before we were about to see the second Terminator, which was awesome. Uh, my parents, my parents weren't extremely sheltering of me either. So killer robot was uh completely okay for a six year old. It didn't scare me at all. It was awesome. No, but
1: Guns and Roses had like the tagline song for that, for that flick.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, you
1: could be mine from use your Illusion. <laughs> See now, there's the the music thing coming it's the in. The music right? of the movie. Oh my God, it's the music and, of and the movies. And I can't, I can't think of, I can't think of Terminator Two without thinking of You Could Be Mine, and it was on a on a forty five record in my parents' jukebox in their basement. Yeah,
2: but um, my my parents never like really sheltered me when it came to movies. A lot of movies they would sit down and be like, explain, okay, okay this isn't real, like killer robots aren't real, and I'd be like, okay, and then I watch it and it would be awesome, and I wouldn't get scared anyway. So. Uh, I those one of those two are probably the first one. Either watching the original Star Wars trilogy or watching the first Terminator with my dad. See,
0: I had the opposite effect. my My parents were extremely sheltered when it came to the movies, and no rated R, no PG thirteens. Cover your eyes, kind of. You know, well, The Exorcist
1: was G, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. totally. No. Yeah, fun for I mean, all ages. Okay. I'm just checking.
0: Yeah, as long as you know, you could definitely show it to your kids right now. They'll they'll have absolutely no problems with it. My, they would never forgive me. <laughs> uh, mine was Rookie of the Year. Uh, I remember seeing this in theaters vividly. Uh, I went with my grandmother and uh, my brothers, and my grandmother made it a big to do to go to the movies. Uh, and it was popcorns and snacks and soda and candy and pretty much. Let's all go to the lobby. Happy. happy let's, joy, all joy. The lobby. Right. let's all go
2: to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby.
0: And um, it was really just a fun thing because I I never really, like, paid attention to a movie before. And the fun part about Rookie of the Year was it was a a young kid kind of living out his fantasy of being a professional ball player. Is that the
2: movie with the kid who can pitch really, really fast? He, like, breaks his arm or something? something.
1: Right. CJ's sitting there watching the movie, and he's like, that's not the same glove he had (laughs) earlier in the scene. (laughs) Screw this movie.
0: That was a a pre-accident Gary Busey movie. Uh, yes. yes so i mean it was uh but i and that was, and maybe that feeds into my experience of how the movies need to be treated is you know going with my my grandmother who i i, I mean she dressed up to, to go to the movie it was that old culture of, of doing that it was my mom's uh, my mom's mom it was fantastic and i remember just being mesmerized by what was happening up there and knowing that it you know that really couldn't happen but man what if it did wouldn't that be freaking cool uh, so that kind of informed me when it came to like my movie going experience.
1: And I I remember the uh the uh the goofy guy from Home Alone was in that as sort of the goofy equipment manager, right? And then you had the the manager who always called him a different name. Yes, everything. <laughs> Rosenfuzzle, Rosenblatt. He's just everything. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a cool that's a cool memory, dude. That's a really cool memory.
0: It's a nice one, and uh, you know, it's 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 something that I've forgotten about until you posed that question too, and I was like. How did I forget about that? Like, that I wish is... I'd
1: never posed that question.
0: Uh, you know, yeah. Because now you're not going to sleep tonight?
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to hide behind my bed.
0: <laughs> Laura, get out of the bed. I have to hide
1: below it. <laughs>
0: Honey, this is an expensive mattress. I don't care. I have to hide behind the mattress.
1: So terrifying. <laughs>
0: so, I mean, I don't know how, how you guys feel about this, too, but I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, theater. I, I mean, because I, I got to bring that part up when was the first or did you guys have a theater experience because my thing was this i i did theater quote unquote you know i did high school plays uh when i was in the second grade i my i just yeah i've told the story before on the podcast where my dad I got pulled in the room and auditioned and boom i got in and uh i always have been behind the scenes but the first time i got to see a legit professional theater experience was incredible uh it was probably in 2002 2004 Uh, and I went with my friend Rob, the guy from Goosebumps. Uh, He took us to New York, and we saw Rent on Broadway. And, man, you want to talk about a show everyone who was in the theater life was into during those those years? It was Rent. And we had probably the worst seats in the house, all the way back, top level, right-hand corner. Just, you know, if you really want to pick a movie, a theater seat, that's not the seat you pick. And I had a fucking blast. I enjoyed every moment of it. My friend and I were just singing along, doing the dialogue. It was just magic. And they, they even though the actors were so far away and they looked like ants, I still felt that was part of that experience, and it was incredible. And I've seen Rent two times afterwards, and it still can't live up from the first time I saw him in Those really terrible seats. It's it's phenomenal.
1: I, uh, I I agree with you 100% about the, the theater experience I had. My parents used to go um, with friends of theirs. And when we got a little bit older, they started taking us every year. So we saw Les Mis and we saw Phantom of the Opera and we saw um, Kiss of the Spider Woman. And uh, it was actually Kiss of, the Spider Mo- Kiss of the Spider Woman was the show that we saw as a matinee. And then that night we saw Rent with the original cast. Oh, nice. Yeah, I saw the Yeah, the I, we're talking about like 96. Was that the one in Reading? No, dude, that was on Broadway. Oh, I misread. My bad. Or misheard. The uh, the, the original cast um, in, it was like 96, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure I wasn't quite 16 yet. And that was uh, the first time. And it, I didn't expect to have a good time. Typical teenager, you know, sort of being an asshole. Um, and when the show started... I was mesmerized. the the second the second song, uh, in the in the show, I started crying. I had no idea why. Yeah, and uh, it was moving. It was awesome. Yeah, Rent had that uh, that run,
0: especially when you see a performance and and you you watch the arc of these characters in this story. It's yep, it's incredible, and it's a reason why it's. I mean, it's still the, I mean, it still is. It's still standing the test of time. It's still holding up.
2: What about you, Brian? Did you have any theater? Um I I was friends with a bunch of uh theater peeps in high school. Um I I never got into it myself because I was extremely introverted and didn't want more eyes staring at me than I needed. Um the first Broadway play I got to see, um my best friend called me up and said, "Hey, uh we're going to go see Spring Awakening in New York. Do you want to come?" And oh, I said, I "Sure." Show. And I saw Spring Awakening. It was fantastic. I mean, the, the performances were great and everything. Um, it was a, a little awkward uh, being as there was like on stage nudity. <laughs> yep. And I had my best friend on one side and my best friend's sister on the other side. And I was like, this is awkward. Um, was
1: it awkward because you had cause, cause you pitched a tent? Or was it <laughs> like,
2: I was just thinking about dead puppies the entire time.
1: I just couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and but but it, you were thinking out loud, dead. Puppies. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what made <laughs> dead it puppies, awkward. Dead Everybody puppies, in the theater dead was dead like, puppies, "What the puppies. hell? All that's
0: known in history." Dead puppies. Dead puppies. History is written.
2: What the hell is this um, doing? no? It was a great experience, and I've been to the the, the Broadway. Um, I've seen a couple shows since. I've seen Spam a lot. I saw uh, the Spider-Man Broadway play because I am that legally obligated nice. to see that. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, I, I've always enjoyed it, and that was my first time. So my best friend broke me in. What about your first concerts? What was um
1: easy? Um the uh,
0: uh okay, guess not easy. The,
1: the Pulse tour, the Pulse the Pulse tour, um 1993 Pink Floyd at the Spectrum. Uh I went with a friend of mine. Uh nobody knew that I went. I wasn't I mean, I was like 12. I wasn't allowed to go to concerts. Right. Um so seeing Pink Floyd unbelievable and then the second Probably the second best memory I have is like OzFest 98 when um, before anybody got big, like Limp Biscuit was nobody. System of a Down was nobody. Um, but the headliners were Tool, Pantera. Um, that was pretty amazing. Did you go with anybody or did you go by yourself? It was always with friends. I mean, you never go by yourself to a concert, right? I've That's done that. To you, by yourself? Yep, I went
0: by myself to a concert once.
1: To a concert? I went
0: to John Mayer at the Allentown Great Fair last year. By myself. I wasn't supposed to go to the concert. I was, I was at the Allentown Great Fair. I knew John Mayer was playing. I didn't score tickets beforehand. Jenny didn't want to go because we just had Lily. She was just, she was just a few months old. And uh, I really wanted to see the show, but we just we couldn't scrounge the, the money together. I ran into my friend uh, who works at B104, the radio station up here. And um, I was like, oh, man, I really wish I could you know, go see this concert. I've seen him since 2003 uh, on every time he's been in Pennsylvania. I've never missed a performance. It's the first one. I'm going to be bummed. And she's like, well, I have a ticket because I'm supposed to go, but I can't. They told me I have to stay at this booth. So do you want to go to a concert? And I was like, uh, yes. So I scored a concert ticket and she's like, well, you're going to sit next to my friend, you know, like uh, Amanda. <laughs> and I was like, OK, does she know I'm going to sit next to her? She's like, nope. She has no idea. She's going to be expecting me. So I walk in, I'm like, you oh, hey, I'm CJ, I'm friends with. You um,
1: I'm the person that took the ticket. <laughs> I'm, I'm friends with your friend. You're my
0: party. <laughs> and um, I was like, hey, just you know, John Mayer fan. What about you? And she just was disinterested. And then, like, in the middle of the opening act, she's like, well, you know what? Um, since she's not coming, I'm gonna go. I was like, whatever. I don't give a shit. I don't care. And I enjoyed the hell out of the concert. Oh, and, that's so... And
1: I, that's. I think that may, might be more awkward than <laughs> Brian's nudity scene. <laughs> but I didn't give a shit. I was like, I am here for this concert. I'm not missing she, this. She was unhappy with your
0: company so much that she bailed on a John May. I wasn't... Show. Like to be fair, like the opening act, I wasn't
2: really into it. Like, John I Mayer's good, but he's not that good. I wasn't freaking
0: out, and I wasn't being like, "Hey guys, so John Mayer's going to come out in 27 minutes. He's going to be fantastic." And I, I don't believe Shetless. you. I, I don't believe you at I all. Really, I
1: believe you, you recounted all of his performances at Eric Clapton's guitar <laughs> festival. No, I was totally just. I was calm. I was like, "Suppress the
0: nerd. Suppress the nerd. This is a new person. I don't know this person. You don't know this person. Shut up. He's you don't like, know this."
1: Brian, he was calm in the way that like he's calm. He's like he. <laughs> like calm like that that's calm that i mean
0: <laughs> son of a bitch
1: i want to hear brian's first concert experience then i'm going to tell you
0: mine and then you laughed at me for creed wait till they laugh again uh um, go ahead brian what about you what, what was your first concert
2: i only have one concert uh i mean i i saw rob thomas with my brother uh in concert at penn's peak i forget how long ago that was my first and only concert i haven't really been to any concert since or before that it was a joy a great experience um You've only been to one concert? Yeah.
0: Have you been to, like, a garage band performance? Like, at someone's garage? Yeah, or, like, someone who's, like, they're not a real band, but they're like, hey, we're playing this little hole-in-the-wall place, and...
1: Did you go to that that show uh at, at, at they had at Best Buy that one time? Right, I, yeah, I did. that's right. Um and, and I have been to go. like coffee houses and
2: stuff. I don't really consider those concerts. I consider them no, those performances.
1: That's no, that's homeless people saying.
2: <laughs> um but yeah, uh, that would probably be my Thomas one and only solo? Or? It was Rob Thomas solo, right after uh So it's like these small hours and the stuff underneath the <clears throat> Yeah, um, his album i can't freaking remember the name of it and no one remembers rob i actually Thomas enjoyed summer. that album it had like uh little wonders and, and this is how a heart breaks on it and and that stuff uh but yeah that was my one and only sorry Jesus. to disappoint you
1: i i remember that matchbox 20 came out at exactly the same time as third eye blind and third eye blind dwarfed them so bad they did they they terribly bad cowered into a corner
2: they come back late years later. Oh, my okay. brother's a huge Matchbox Twenty fan. He's gonna be angry that you just said that.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, he may
0: be angry, well, but listen, I, I wish he would step truth. back from that ledge. All right, you can cut ties with all the lies that he's been living in. And if you know you, you don't want to see me again, eh, I understand. Yeah. But all right. That's my life. That's what I do. Yeah. Fair enough. Just, just quote random music Psst. lyrics. So, <laughs> I'm ready for the laughter. By the way, and it's not my. This is it's not Spice my choice. No, it's actually even it's worse. Nickelback. It's Nickelback.
1: Yes, no, it it's not that bad. Okay. So my parents had gotten. Wait, 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 wait. It's somewhere between Nickelback and Spice Girls.
0: <laughs> is I what you're saying Those are the extremes? Just wait. The curtain's are gonna be revealed in a minute. Everyone, write down wait, your wait, guesses. Wait, 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 wait. Ricky Martin. Uh, no, but you're in the right vein. Ooh. Uh, Mark Anthony. No, you're going
2: back. And Iglesias. and
0: Nope, nope. You're going Latin. Stop going Latin. Think but of Ricky, Ricky Martin, Martin is Latin.
2: I know, but think of everything
0: about what he represents. So, living la vida, la vida loca? loca. All right. So let me get to it. Damn it. So my parents were like, "Hey, we're gonna let you boys go to a concert without mom and dad." Hanson. It was Hanson. Uh, you're getting close. Backstreet Boys. Nope. Now
2: you're getting away again. Damn so it. they got tickets to Britney Spears. Uh see. Backstreet Boys is closer to Britney Spears than Hanson is. Wait, which Britney
0: Spears? (laughs) What what do you mean, which Britney Spears? Pre-shaved head? This was like when I was in the fourth grade, so this was like, hit me baby one more time, Britney Spears. Oh, yeah.
1: So underage Britney Spears. No comment. (laughs) Yep.
0: (laughs) And uh, me and my little brother went. I have no idea why my little brother went. That that concert is not designed for children who have not hit puberty. And uh, it was... A total waste on on me, and it was I didn't have a good time at all. And then, um,
1: and then my second concert was Creed, so suck it. The first CD that was ever purchased for me was purchased by my parents. Uh, I don't know. They, I guess they just wait. What are the what are kids listening to? And they brought. I swear to God, they brought home a new Kids on the Block CD. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Hey, thanks." Zip, <laughs> just tossed Bye. and. And like went went to the went to the wall the next day and like grabbed me some Motley Crew. Oh, Jesus, uh. the
0: wall!
1: Yeah, God, I remember the wall. It was in the mall. I know that's <laughs> an obvious statement. You only went. Like... You only went there in the fall. But only if someone would call. That guy wasn't very tall. No, <laughs> not at all. Damn it! I'm just to say no fun at all. <laughs> wow. All right, well, let's move on. Did you, you bomb? the rhymes?
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna like, hey, never mind. It doesn't matter. Um okay, so then let's let's move a let's <laughs> Sorry. I can't believe you just accidentally rhymed
2: for like a good You didn't accidentally rhyme, it was very intentional. The
0: first couple of times were accidental, then it became a thing. So let's let's talk about school. Uh let's talk about kind
1: of being Let's nerd. talk about practice. Uh talk about practice? practice? Talk about I'm practice? practice. Talking about, about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. Practice. <laughs> <laughs> I have that <an> interview memorized. <laughs>
2: I do too. Hang on. Uh we're talking about practice. It's practice? Practice.
1: <laughs> Got to do the whole voice. Got to do the I'm, whole
0: thing. I'm missing the I'm missing the
1: what, playoffs? You're talking about playoffs?
2: I know a sports reference. <laughs> what the hell
1: is happening? CJ's over there like I don't get that reference dot gif. Google not working. Google not working. What is the reference I can't get
0: in? What is it? It's Allen Iverson, oh, dude. Sorry. Jeez. How dare you, sir? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know me, following Philadelphia sports.
1: No, popular culture, dude. That's been in everything, everything. It's been on, like, I don't know, Pepsi, it's been everywhere. Well, it made it a TV. sports
0: center because that's obvious. And you told me that if news is worth worth, it would end up at sports center. And I don't watch that, and I don't understand.
1: Listeners, I need you to show CJ just how, what, like, off the mark he is about calling this Allen Iverson thing an obscure quote. It's really I didn't not. Say if I did obscure quote. I you're, said a sports that's, that's quote. What that's the way you're playing it. It's not a sports quote. This is a popular culture. Yeah, if way.
2: it's if it's if I know it, it's it's pretty pretty big. All right, well, I haven't seen in Trivial Pursuit, so that's
0: usually where I get my, oh my pop culture quotes. <laughs> Fine, so let's talk about sports, since that's no the f- no no you no, no, talk no, about no 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 well, school. School to sports. Talk about sports. I never. I played soccer, and I hated it because it was in Florida and it was way too fucking hot.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a short conversation.
0: And then I came to Pennsylvania, <laughs> and I played soccer with the public school kids and not the Catholic school kids. and I didn't know anybody, and then I never played sports again. Sports.
2: My brothers were into sports. I was not. I I tried Ryan. sports once. I, I don't know what happened. I played little league, and then I got hit in the ball with the chest uh, in the chest with a ball, and I was you got
0: like, hit chest? <laughs> I got hit in the I ball with even, the chest. I can't even make fun of you for
2: it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I go got ahead. hit in the chest with a ball. And I was, like, six years old, and I said, screw this, and that was it. You can't quit because you get hit with a... B- I did. I, I quit, and I, I went back to my video games and my I, comic books where nothing could hurt me. My team won a
0: trophy for soccer, so I actually have a sports trophy. And not, like, a participation trophy. We won a tournament, so it's a nice trophy. And that's sports trophy. I, I, I don't need trophies. I, st-
1: <laughs> I started playing football at six. Not, not tackle football, not flag football. None of that crap. Um... I played ball till I was, I think, 15, 16. Um, I played basketball for a few years. I played baseball for quite a few years. I played hockey in the neighborhood. I skated. I wrestled. Um, I didn't play soccer, because why? All in an order that will surprise you.
2: What? I ran after the ice cream truck once. Does that count?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Triple all right, well. I was always <laughs> late
2: to the school bus and would have to run down a big hill so I
0: can get there on time. I think that's track and field. I mean that gravity's doing most of the work there. Now, I mean your sports all right, so let's I mean let let's not belittle sports. I mean they, they do have a clear obligation to kids
1: well at least we're at least we're acknowledging it good thank you i appreciate no it. <laughs> because no
0: listen it teaches you dis- discipline it teaches you teamwork and cooperation and, and socializing which
1: strategy is... thought process whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. socializing yeah
0: you wow need help with that we need yeah. to get you an adult dodgeball that's what we. Need i to just do.
1: Uh, i just realized why i can't socialize <laughs> so, <laughs> you never... so sports cj i look, look. I played them my whole life. Everybody was playing them. All my friends played sports. Um,
0: I'm sure a lot of our listeners did, and we're the audience out, Brian and I.
1: And uh, but it was more than that. I mean, obviously the, the 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 teamwork and you know the thrill of victory and the heartbreak of defeat and all that stuff. That's that's all that's all tough. But it's what you the friendships you make. I think uh, at a young age are deeper with sports than they are otherwise. And then. Um, this, the memories that I have, uh, with people at sporting events with family, you know, it was my, my sister's birthday or something. And, uh, it was, I think game five of, uh, the ALCS Yankees, Red Sox, and the Yankees had won three in a row, pretty handily. They lost game four. I'm watching it. Me and my grandmother at this restaurant in sinking spring. Uh, with my family my whole family and me and my grandmother sort of off to the side. So almost like looking into the bar, watching the TV while the rest of the family's eating. My father's thoroughly pissed off. But we're just <laughs> we're watching the Yankees. And that's, you know, every I you know, every time I see anything with the Yankees, I think about my grandmother. And that's a very strong connection that I have. And that's uh you know, that that Yankee series has been immortalized because no team had ever come from 3-0 to win and the Red Sox did it four awful, awful days in October. And, uh, I, you know, my heart broke. Then it continues to break every time I see anything about it every time. And
0: and we talked about this before and we made a we made a discussion about, you know, how come people get so excited about sports? But when I get excited about a TV show, it's it's weird. But the honest truth is, you know, it's that subculture that I was never part of. And and, you know, when you're a kid and when you see you know, the guys walking through and people patting on the back saying good game and, hey, really enjoyed last night and all the pep rallies and stuff that they have. And, you know, as a theater kid, you don't get that. You know, you get it, you know, after a show half heartedly, and no one down the hall saying, hey, great job last night. You really sang well. I mean, no one no one
2: does that.
0: You, and,
1: you mad? You mad, bro? Uh, 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 no, no, no. And But it was
2: it, it's it's DJ. You sung the shit out of that play. You're
1: amazing. God, <laughs>
2: listen,
0: there was High no High five, better, bro. There was no better performance of an Ali Hakim in Oklahoma, uh, done by a white guy like mine. <laughs> um, see, that's a joke that no one's gonna get unless you were in that show. No, I'm laughing politely. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, but it's it's this subculture that Brian and I we just never got into. And the the good news is, at least for my my high school class, it wasn't a divider, and it wasn't something that caused tension. It wasn't something that. I I was ostracized because I I didn't follow it or care about it. So I mean I got lucky within that aspect, but it's always something that I wish you know maybe if I had pursued it a little harder or maybe I've, I had put some interest to it, I would have some again shared experiences I would have. I don't have watching a sports game and doing that, and I'm starting to do it now with with my wife and and I don't know what my daughter's gonna do. She's probably gonna watch it because you know Jenny's really really into, into football. So it's it's gonna it's a nice tradition to pass down from you know generation and generation and team loyalties and stuff like that it's it's nice to have that so i envy she's it a little gonna, time she's
1: gonna have she's gonna have a rough sunday when san francisco beats.
0: we already got beat by the patriots what do you want uh so i mean brian had do you ever feel the envy of that or am i just projecting my own stuff on you no, no comment all right cool <laughs> didn't, didn't care
1: a, well hold on t- that time that he asked me the question about zombies as... <laughs> no. so no see I,
0: I mean I think maybe this is why because I, and I want to go into a, the other another question I had you know it's it's coming down to the the culture that we lived and tied into school and it was uh, bullies i I didn't have any I didn't have an experience where I was belittled put down or made to feel less than because of my you know experiences and so i mean brian was is the reason're not into sports is that is it bullies is it stuff like that?
2: Um, I I was. If you
0: don't want to answer, you don't have to.
2: No, no, it's fine. Um, break out your tissues, uh, ladies, because uh, it's about to get real. Um, no, I was definitely bullied uh, all throughout growing up. Um, it had nothing to do with sports, though. It had nothing to do with the fact that I wasn't into sports or I wasn't good at sports. I honestly have no idea what it had to do with. I didn't know then, and I still don't know now. And now I'm older, and I just really don't care. Um, it was like, I didn't have one particular bully. I didn't have one particular uh person who, who always, uh, tormented me. I, I had a, a lot of people all throughout elementary school in the middle school, just telling me I wasn't good enough, telling me I was stupid, telling me that what I was into was not, was not, uh, normal. Um, so <clears throat> I grew up thinking that, what I thought was cool wasn't wasn't the norm. So it probably has to do a little bit with my uh, lack of socializing. I've spent a couple of times in, in a locker and, you know, it, it is what it is. It made me who I am today. I don't regret it or anything, which is why I don't care about that emotional connection to sports, because that's just not me. I, I've i embraced who I am um, and those bullies helped me do it. So suck it. <laughs> Good. And you're on the show and they're not. So haha,
0: ha.
2: Nice. Right. So, yeah. catharsis. Um, but yeah, no. Growing up, I, I didn't have any friends. I my best friends were my brother and my father, and until I was thirteen or fourteen, so I didn't I didn't have anything. And it, it again, it is what it is, and it made me who I was. So I'm okay with it. Now everything got really serious. No, it's everybody's not really serious. quiet. Like
1: I, I gotta tell you, dude, that's that's an emotional story. That's good. I look, it's I think it's good to talk about, and I think it's. It's certainly good to uh be able to identify pivotal moments and and things that that help define us as 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 human beings i think that's that's good and then the other thing that I think is you know a conversation that I was in i was in Chicago this week and uh we were having a conversation and something came up some problem with a phone, and I was like, no, you just have to x y z and then something else came up about something in you know, like popular culture. And I was like, oh, that was this. And it was connected to this. And there were like three or four things in a row. And and this business contact, it's like the, the first time I'd met him, he's like, how do you, how do you, and I'm like, I'm a nerd, man. I'm just, <laughs> and, and look, I said, you know, it's, it's handy to have us around. Cause we, you know, we kind of run the world now. So yeah, it's, yeah, I was going to
0: say it's, it's <sighs> bullying. hasn't gone away. And I mean, especially recently in the news,
1: it's, it's creeped up this it's, week again. It's un. Fathomable, it's unbelievable. And and I I was uh. There was one there was one kid that would he was an older kid, that would bully, like sort of not not me. I was always you know, uh, one of the bigger kids, but would bully one of my friends. And uh we were playing football, in the street where I lived, and this dude came up riding around on his bike. He was a lot older. He was I think thirteen. We were. Eight and uh I reacted very violently, I reacted incredibly violently, so much so that it caused uh, this kid's father to come knocking on my door to talk to my father and uh you know my father stood up for me right because it was it was it was it wasn't it wasn't a good turnout for the for the bully but it the conversation that my father had with me wasn't one of admonishment as much as listen you can't you can't you can't just beat somebody up but you can never stand for anyone picking on you or your friends. You should always stand up for yourself. And if someone ever hits you, you absolutely should hit them back. But what you did was a bit much. So it was this. <laughs> and with great I power had, comes
0: great responsibility. Talk, it
1: wasn't that it wasn't. I want I'm not, I'm I'm certainly not trying to say that. So please don't take it that way. But this is the same. Like I've had this conversation with my children um, because there was there was a, a bully. You know, just this is this happened last week while I was uh, away and, and not in Phoenix and the uh, I was angry when I heard very, very angry. And I uh, just, you know, my kids handled it and that's fine, but it was, it brought back these memories that I just can't, I can't deal with. And it's, it's odd that the technology that we
0: love, that we bond over and, and that, you know, makes, us, the nerds that we see as instruments of wonder and magic and just unlimited possibilities are sometimes even used as the tools that have brought people a lot of pain and, and suffering at times through just the anonymity of the internet. I mean, you just look at, at Reddit or you look at some other websites and you see when people get anonymous and technologies in their hands, it can be bad. And, you know, it's this this thing where every couple of weeks I'm like, you know, Really, I had it easy, and and you know the bullying situation that I went through in my life wasn't bad at all. People made fun of me. I was like, yeah, whatever, and I turn a joke around on them, and then I move on in my life. And uh, to see some people, it's it's the opposite effect. And uh, I really think you're right, Josh, that you know nerds are handy to have around. We are ruling the world, and the stigma is becoming less and, and less potent. But when it's bad, it can be pretty bad. And uh, you know, I'm hoping that sh- God, I don't mean to. The way this is gonna sound is gonna sound so pretentious, but I hope shows like ours and and you know Will Wheaton becoming popular and the Nerdist Network and all these people coming out saying you know here's what nerd is like it's becoming a little more acceptable. People dressing up and lining up to go see the Avengers movie. I I hope it helps.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I okay, and I, maybe this is just because I was probably bullied the most out of the three of us. Um, it, it's just anybody who sees something different whether it's acceptable by mass media or not, it is going to immediately attack it. And you want to talk about like memories and, and like pivotal moments in our life. And, and when we're talking about bullying, a lot of my, my memories are about that. But, you know, again, it, I have two very specific memories of my, my elementary school days being bullied. And um, one of them was, uh, and this is where the tissues are going to come in. Um, my parents threw me a a birthday party and I can't remember what age I was. I was probably eight or nine. And, uh, you know, everybody invited, you know, all these kids. I wasn't necessarily friends with, but everybody was kind of forced by their parents to come along. And then God bless them. They were amazing. They made this whole like big, like a superhero theme type of party. And then I just remember it didn't matter how how much fun I had at that moment because I remember the next day just being completely made fun of for it. Uh, you know and being ridiculed and, and all that other stuff and it really it it has an effect on you because to be honest with you I haven't had a birthday party until I was 25 when I was, was actually told my mom that story and she was like oh my gosh and then she threw, she threw me a surprise birthday party which was much better than the first oh, nice. one. <laughs> um what how what kids don't like superheroes? I, it it was the nineties and you know what was really big it was it was like Stone Cold Steve Austin and and sports and that kind of stuff um and then the other really big memory i have about me being bullied was a few years later i i had finally uh some new kid got transferred in and i don't remember his name but we'd we'd struck up a friendship and i was like yay i have a friend and i went over to his house a couple times it was fun and then like the after a few months of being in school this kid uh befriended some other folks who pretty much said that him you know that that kid's weird we we don't we don't talk to him and then one day he just stopped talking to me and just oh, completely ignored me um which was not cool and i remember coming home being so upset and my father who had to go to work in new jersey the next morning uh stayed up all night with me playing uh video games so i mean it, it honestly it's a crappy memory but it turns into a great memory with me and my dad uh because anytime. Uh, I want to say, you know, me, me and my dad get into an argument. I'm like, oh, you know, forget this. I'll do the rebellious teenage thing. I just remember that moment, and
1: I it's why my dad and I are as close as we are. So that's that's uh, well, it's an amazing moment, and <laughs> it uh, without with and I'm certainly not uh, I, I'm certainly not making light of it. What I what I immediately thought of was the sad moment becoming a happy moment and in uh, moment. Inside Out. Inside yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so right? there you
0: go.
2: It all
1: comes right?
0: around. See, this is the other part then, because I, I want to lift things up a little bit when I can remember a specific time where being a nerd, being that counterculture person really paid off, where it, it became a, a huge advantage in my life. And for me, it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had, which was I was invited to by a, a professor in college to come to New York City, go to Radio City Music Hall and go see the dress rehearsal for the Tony Awards. Nice. And then afterwards I was going to go backstage and I was going to meet the lighting director because I was really into lighting with this professor and uh talk to a professional lighting artist in 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 Hul- in uh, New York and I was like sweet this is going to be great. And I get there and uh I didn't receive my ticket to get in. And I'm like uh what do I do? I'm hanging out with this professor and we're waiting in line. I'm like well maybe I'll just sneak in. Obviously I can get in. It's already it's not that it's a dress rehearsal, it's not that big of a deal. And I like you know kind of slyly just hide behind him a little bit, and I start sneaking my way into the door, and as soon as my foot crosses the threshold, it's like, "Sir, Sir, can you come here? Where's your ticket?" And I'm like, "Fuck, I'm gonna have a ticket." My professor's like, "What do I do? I'm just, just go in and using the the nerdy skills I've done all the theater experience, all the the acting and all the the play pretend that I've done in my life, I fake the uh, I just had the ticket. I don't know where it went. And then I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And my professor just went inside, and he's going to think I'm an idiot because I lost my ticket, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I start freaking out, and I start kind of uh, kind of calming down. I start playing the people around me, and I look at the audience. I look at each person. Who am I getting a reaction from? Oh, I'm getting a reaction from that person over there, and they have a headset. Headsets make you important. Walk over <laughs> to that person, explain my story, give my little song and dance, and and sell myself as hard as I can and – I got a ticket to walk inside to Radio City Music Hall. And they're like, you did have a ticket, right? I mean, like, you had Oh, absolutely, absolutely I had one. And I ran into freaking Radio City Music Hall, and I talked my, and acted my way into the Tony dress rehearsal. It was phenomenal. <laughs> it was the time where I was like, great. I'm so glad all these acting classes and all this shit that my parents dragged me to, sometimes against my will, worked for me. And it was an amazing time. And all my friends, when I came back and I told them some of the experiences were jealous. And some of the people I got to see were it was great. It's a phenomenal day in my
1: life. That's a crazy story.
0: Huh. So, what about you, Brian? I don't want you to just end with that inside out moment. When was a time that being a nerd was a total advantage for you? Um,
2: I, I honestly, probably when I went to San Diego Comic Con, uh, like four years ago. And honestly, a funny story is that I had a kind of similar situation where I worked for a comic book store at the time, and I was talking because my best friend now lives in San Diego. Uh, I was talking to my boss about I'm going to go visit him and and we're going to try and go into San Diego Comic-Con. And he's like, well, we get tickets because, you know, we're a retailer. I can absolutely get you in. I was like, yeah. Um, What I didn't realize was that the tickets would be under his name and (laughs) how how like really stringent they are with that stuff. So I went to about three or four people and and I, I sold this story about, listen, here's my business card. Here's my boss's uh, phone number. I'm like, I'm picking him up from the airport later tonight. He needs these tickets ready. Uh, if I don't have these tickets for him, like, I'm, I'm, he's just going to fire me. Like, I really need your help here. And I went to, like, three or four different people with this story, eventually got my tickets, and got to go in. So
1: He went, he went Devil Wears Prada. I went Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> I, I, I didn't
2: tear up or anything, but I was like, listen, this is really important. I, I, I need these tickets. The other moment
0: I thought when, when I read this question, and, and I, I immediately thought of you, Was I know that there, uh, maybe it was also at at Comic-Con, that Kevin Smith was recording a a podcast.
2: Yes, that, oh my gosh, that was, I I don't want to say it was one of the greatest moments of my life, but it was really far up there. Um, I was at San Diego Comic-Con, and Kevin Smith has a uh, podcast called Fat Man on Batman, and it's all about him just talking about Batman and Batman-related stuff and talking to people who've worked on Batman. And uh, we were at this side stage. It's actually off of the the conference, uh, the convention center. And he was recording his podcast with Bruce Tim. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Bruce Tim is the guy who pretty much created the DC Animated Universe. He is responsible for Batman: The Animated Series and the Justice League cartoon. Uh, just everything that's good. That's everything happened that's on DC right TV. with DC. Yeah. He he. It started with him. And I got to watch, and it was just cool watching kevin smith interview him to begin with and then they got to a point where they were talking about batman beyond and bruce tim just uh was like yeah you know i was working on batman beyond and justice League at the same time i'm not really sure exactly how many seasons batman beyond ran and because i'm a dumbass i was like hey it was three seasons like i'm screaming three seasons and kevin smith's like yeah see that nerd knows (laughs) He like like directed towards me and then like they cut this out of the actual recording, but he's like, hey, you look like a young Bruce Tim." I'm like, oh my God, you're talking to me. This is the greatest thing ever. (laughs) Um, so that was awesome. That was awesome. A lot of those experiences at San Diego Comic-Con. I got really close to Robert Downey Jr., which was pretty amazing. Um, and a lot of awesome things happened that that weekend, and I can't wait to go again. So whenever you See, guys is are that, ready, is that desire to know something inside and out,
0: know it in all its its forms, and trying to share it with the world that gets you a cool shout out like that? What about you, Josh? I know you've had professional advantages to this, and I, I'm sure you had some personal ones too.
1: It's yeah, I mean, for the most part, though, it's it's professional. Um, the uh, the wanting to to be a subject matter expert in whatever has helped me countless times professionally. And, uh, that's, I, when I get, when I get an interest in something, I learn all about it. It doesn't matter what job I'm doing. It's always helpful. I can't, I don't have a story. Uh, I don't think like either one of you have, which is, I guess a little sad, but, um, mine have all been used to my, my thing is, you know, spotting, spotting that thing in other people and then using that to, to help them. So it's, it's always like my stories are um, the relationships i've developed so the two of you and the other friends that i've made and that's that's kind of if i wasn't if i wasn't a nerd with with this specific need to foster it in other people i wouldn't have those relationships so that's that's really my thing is is the the network that i build with it is i, I mean my network is 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 pretty, is pretty Pretty tremendous, I I, mean, I think so. Um, that's that's my whole thing. It's always going to be that reaching other people. I'll
0: I'll say this and and uh, to to kind of tie this up a little bit. Uh, you know, Josh. I mean, seriously, if it wasn't for your your passion to be a subject matter expert and try to drive that out of other people, I know I wouldn't have had the success in my previous job or even my current job. Uh, Because of that, because there's moments and you got to understand the the kind of guy that Josh is and you guys get a really good idea of it on, on the show where he can just pull you aside and be like, you are so much better than the moment that's happening right now. And all you have to do is just amp that up. Just do it. Just unleash that power inside of you that I know that you have and go succeed. And it's not blowing you up with hot air. It's not giving you false confidence to just. It's not a, it's not a Shia LaBeouf moment. <laughs> right. It's not just, just do it. it. It's a genuine moment of I really do have faith in you. I really do believe you. And I wouldn't put you in my company. I wouldn't waste my time talking to you if you aren't worth it. So it's a great way to, to not necessarily get the validation, but just feel that I do have the power to go ahead and to do something. And it's it's not only gotten me success within my professional life, but it's driven me in, in my personal life, too. So I have to thank you for those experiences. And the same thing with with Brian, man. The time that is an advantage, I, I wouldn't have done anything on this website. This website wouldn't exist. This podcast wouldn't exist without you just embracing a dumb idea I had after <laughs> interacting with a customer and saying we should uh, grow this. We should do this. Let me use some of your expertise. You know how to – Talk to, to, to comic book fans. I have no idea how to do that. You know when an idea sounds really dumb or when it sounds just crazy enough that it might work. And the fact that both of you have combined that with me and to doing this 24 times is just uh, absolutely phenomenal. And uh, you know I, I can't thank you guys enough for being the nerds that you are and combining it into such a fantastic moment. So thank you guys uh, for that. So that being said, I really want to hear from you guys. I want to hear from you the listeners. I really think we did a uh, – and, and really, guys, we were kind of nervous about this episode, to be honest, as to whether anything would, would kind of come out of it. But we really want to hear the experiences of, of you. I want to hear a crazy story where you did a song and dance and got into an event or you met an idol or you met somebody there or the ways that you've overcome you know, adversity or or bullying – uh, you know, to to kind of show off that it's okay to to be who you are. Or man, if you had the best first concert, please tell it to me, and I may even steal as my own first concert experience because Britney Spears just doesn't do it for anybody.
1: And and make sure that you note uh, how ridiculous it is that CJ didn't know that Allen Iverson quote. And then also. Um you know, when sharing uh, personal stories, obviously we want to hear them. We also want you to keep in mind any statutes of limitation that may be <laughs> still in effect when sharing those. I want to hear all the stories, but you know, protect yourself.
0: And and there's a couple ways there's a couple ways that that we can do this. And obviously, the easiest stuff is just you know, give us an e- uh, shoot us an email at podcast at kind of nerd dot com. Uh we can read them out loud if, if you so choose or we can just say hey thanks for, for sharing the story. Uh same thing with uh Twitter at that kind of nerd. Hit us up on Facebook or guys I know I've mentioned this a million times and two people have taken advantage of it. You can also leave your your comment on our Google Voice number and you can call us and we'll play it on the air. And yes, we've worked out the kinks with the audio quality, so everyone will sound phenomenal. That phone number is 484 373 four one one nine that's four eight four three seven three four one one nine so you can share it that way too and you can be a voice on our podcast uh i really gotta say thank you so much for you guys for for doing this episode and slapping this together i i had a really phenomenal time i, I was I, I thought it was great and uh, I have to thank you, the listener, for making us your walk around the neighborhood or your drive to work. Uh, I really appreciate you sticking with us uh, for 24 episodes. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. I can't thank you guys enough. With
2: arms wide open, under the sunlight. Welcome to this place, I'll show you everything! Sorry.